Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Y'all can just cover that, but they hear what we coming with. Others in love with the brother, this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of 48 Minutes as we get you ready for the upcoming NBA season. Tim Daniel here, running solo without the guys this week, but that's okay because we got you covered. This is Indiana Pacers time, and we got to bring in our guy from IndieCornrows.com once again, Mr. Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, Tim. I can't wait for the season to get going because this has been a bit of a crazy offseason for the Pacers. Yeah, it has. We're going to talk all about it. Before we go, we got to go ahead and once again shut up. 48MinutesNetwork.com, our website where we give you all of our great articles and insights as Alex is keeping you up to date on the WWE 2K series. I'm touching base on all the NBA 2K stuff. getting you go, Covering the latest news and highlights of the league as we get ready for the season and a whole lot more. Um, and then also our shows each and every week. You can check us out. We've been doing Tuesdays and Thursdays lately to get our team previews up and ready for the season. So with that being said, Tom... Like you said already, what a crazy offseason for the Pacers. Obviously starts at the end of April with the sweep to the Cavaliers and the first round of the playoffs. I was actually at Game 4. I called myself Ooh. the curse. I'm sorry. Um, but I wouldn't blame that on you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a hell of a game. They, they made it fun. Um, but then, you know, uh, a couple weeks later... Uh, we get the reports that Paul George has said he would like to play for the Lakers, and he wants out. Uh, a couple weeks after that, the trade finally happens after 15 days of just ridiculous rumors every day. And he goes to OKC in return for Indiana college basketball legend Victor Olavipo and Demata Sabonis. And it's been, and not to mention Larry Bird steps down. So when you look at everything that's happened in this offseason, what is the first thing that jumps to mind for the Pacers from this offseason? It's just like completely starting over. <laughs> you know, honestly have no idea what to expect this season other than uh, there won't be a lot of run or a lot of wins. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just been a, a complete, as you say, a turnover. There's, you know, the Larry Bird stepping down and Kevin Pritchard taking over and he definitely has a, a new different style about him. Uh, now with Paul George gone, you know, any anything lingering from um, those past Eastern Conference championship teams is all in Lance Stevenson, who's still here. Um, although he's on his second time around, he's kind of a new new role now this year. Uh, everything is new. There's a lot of young guys. They still kept some older guys, quote unquote old guys, um, and but none of them are, are superstars. None of them. Uh, you would pencil in for an all-star game or or uh, any any of the all-pro teams. So, uh, you know, what to expect out of this team is completely unknown. And it, it's definitely, you know, Kevin Pritchard likes to call it a rebirth, uh, but it is going to be ugly and definitely a rebuild. So let's kind of talk about a little bit of the, um, you know, we'll get to obviously we're going to talk about the Paul George trade and everything that happened there. We'll definitely get to that. But uh, let's discuss a lot of the transitions and changes. Let's start with um, you bring in Corey Joseph, you draft TJ Leaf. Obviously, we mentioned Victor Oladipo. Um, 
you know, obviously Miles Turner's still there. Thank God for you guys. You got to have something to be excited for in that circumstance. The uh, hope. <laughs> yeah, right. So Jan Bogdanovich comes in. Um, and, of course, you know, Lavoy Allen, players like that. So, we, like you mentioned, this isn't exactly a star-studded roster. Um, but what do you think about some of the moves made? Um, don't forget, obviously, me being a Xavier Musketeer fan, my boy Edmund Sumner is coming to town. Absolutely. Uh, high hopes for him, uh, you know, coming on, getting healthy, and and uh, being a, a diamond in the rough for the Pacers. Uh, they could use a, a couple of those guys. Right. <laughs> In, in the rebuild process. But, yeah, the, the one thing that is interesting is that they did bring in some solid guys. <laughs> like, uh, as you mentioned, Corey Joseph, he was a guy who yeah. um, was a thorn in the Pacers' side, especially in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, but has always been just a great backup guard for the Raptors, at least when he played the Pacers. <laughs> um, you know, Bogdanovich fills a role. It's like all these guys they brought in, if they could have brought them in, Last year, with Paul George still on the roster and some of those guys, um, you know, it would have been the, the perfect supporting cast. But now these guys are going to be relied on to do, you know, a little more of the heavy lifting. And that's where, you know, you're wondering, oh, can they come together and actually uh, get something done consistently? You know, I love Joseph um, as a backup guard. Also, they brought in Darren Collison yeah. as a point guard. Uh, you know, he and Bogdanovich, they definitely – there's not much guaranteed on their second year, so, you know, it's kind of hard to consider them part of the future. At least the Pacers are telling us they're probably not going to be part of the future. So in some ways, it's like, why bring in these veteran guys who can actually play and, you know, possibly generate uh, a few more wins, which would, in the end, end up being meaningless, as opposed to just completely going young and and bringing in some guys uh, to build with. But you know, they're still concerned with the product they're putting on the floor. They want to put an NBA team out there. Those guys are definitely NBA players. So uh, that's where, you know, the excitement of trying to rebuild and, and think about these young guys um, is it, kind of tempered a little bit because they are going to be in the lower middle uh, of the NBA teams. You know, maybe they'll be the seventh to tenth worst team. Um, yeehaw. But, um I guess one reason for bringing those types of guys in is to help teach some of the younger guys how to be pros. So, um, you know, there is a little bit of a method to the madness. Another guy they brought in, which was completely out of the blue, is Damian Wilkins, whose best years of late have just been in the, the G League. Uh, but he's an, he's an old head. He's kind of a, a coach-type player at this point, I think. Has a relationship with the front office guys. And I think honestly, they just brought him in because he's not going to worry about playing time and he can be a, a mentor to uh, some of the younger wings on the team. So, uh, you know, when you step back and kind of look at the guys that kept around Al Jefferson, great teammate. Um, they have a lot of young, uh, big guys. They could use him around. Um, it, it all, it all depends on how they end up playing them. And, you know, my hope is that, you know, they give the younger guys the opportunity to play and develop um, as opposed to having them sit and watch. So talking about that, uh, let's talk about Nate McMillan. Obviously last year, you know, his first year there, um, I thought you know, a lot of people probably could say the Pacers underperformed um, from the outside looking in. So 
with everything that's happened, with all the transitions, all the changes, all the young guys coming in, do you think he is on the quote-unquote hot seat, or is this kind of a free a free year for him? Now, I, I'd say it's kind of a free year for him. Uh, I kind of view it similar. It's starting to play out a little bit similar to how Jim O'Brien was when he was here. Now they're completely different uh, types of coaches and personalities and all that, but um, I always viewed O'Brien as kind of, yeah, he was the coach who was the bridge between, uh, you know, those good teams um, and, you know, pre-brawl teams um, and then the post-brawl where they were just trying to survive and get through it. And he was kind of the guy that, you know, took the bullets and, and coached those teams knowing that eventually they'd be moving on. I kind of feel like McMillan's in that role now, um, you know, they got some young players that are going to be developing them, but in the long run, you're hoping those guys gel and become a better team, and then um, at some point uh, they'll be bringing in a new coach. Um, it just kind of feels like he's the he's the guy right now in charge of, of getting all these young guys into uh, NBA shape as uh, their careers develop, and then once they're ready to really play, um, they'll go out and get somebody else. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good plan for them on moving forward there. So, um, let's go ahead and get to it. Now, I'm sure you're well aware, being a Pacers fan, that December 13th, a uh, certain star who played there for a little while is coming to town in a new in a new shade of blue by the name of Paul George. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's happening. So, let's just talk about the whole thing from the get-go. First things first... I'm getting the Pacers fan for a sec because the NBA fan in me was like, shit, I did not see that coming. I didn't think he would stay there for his whole career, but I didn't think it would go out, go out the way it did. What I did respect about it was he told them and he was honest. So he gave them the chance to make a deal. Maybe this is me the outside looking in. But then, you know, a lot of people from the outside looking in think that, myself included, no offense, that that wasn't enough for me to get Paul George, even if I know he's leaving. And now he's going to team up with the NBA MVP, and they they have a chance to have a pretty good team bringing in like a guy like Patrick Patterson over there. What is your take on everything that happened in this Paul George drama? Oh, it was it was a lot of drama. Um, you know, I I in my feeling about the whole thing is uh you know there's been been a lot of things going on but you know there was definitely something within paul that changed you know a couple months into the season last year uh you could tell the way you know just his body language the way he talked about things um certain times when he was frustrated he would blurt out things um and you know you got the sense that something was going on with him that was different because he had always been really positive about Indiana, loved living on the lake, fishing, um, you know, being part of the community. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, a completely different uh, vibe w- was being given off. And then, you know, that team just never coalesced and, and came together like they hoped. And I'm sure, you know, you, you could pin some blame on him uh, for that. But also, as that was happening, I'm sure – that, you know, in, internally for him, uh, you know, made those feelings increase. So, you know, let's get on to 
uh, you know, I still have this conspiracy theory that um, LeBron James is driving the whole thing, <laughs> telling him to find a way to get to L.A. And uh, for his final act in the NBA, uh, we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition or not. But um, the way the Pacers got stuck, um, it, it was great that he, he let them know that he was leaving, of course. But the fact that it, he did so and made it public and then his people made it public um, really ended up hosing them. Uh, because, you know, as you know, like around the trade deadline, obviously that would have been the time to deal them. Yeah. And the Pacers didn't have that feeling like they did in June that he was going to leave. They, they still felt if they could do something, make a run, get in the playoffs, and then have this – summer to try and build something and, and get a better team around them, they'd still have a shot. But um, as it turns out, that that wasn't the case. Um, so they didn't deal them at the deadline when they could have gotten uh, better offers. Uh, for instance, you know, you hear about the offers the Celtics had at the deadline. Well, those were gone <laughs> in June once uh, word was out that he only wanted to go to the Lakers and not only did they not want um, the Lakers to trade with the Pacers uh, to, you know, take assets away from their team for the future, but, you know, they were, you know, warning other teams, essentially, you know, eh, you can trade for them, but you're likely going to lose them. So um, it, it really did put them in a bind in the end uh, and, you know, vastly different than, you know, the Kyrie Irving situation where um, he wasn't, you know, holding a gun to the to the uh, Cavs and saying, I only want to go play for the Knicks or I only want to go to one team. Um, and they were able to, to deal with several teams and, and play offers off each other. So um, that was the, the real frustrating part about it, um, seeing how that all played out. And, and in the end, you know, the Pacers are getting two guys that they like, but obviously they're not happy with the deal as much as they try and say, oh, well, we got – two lottery picks for it well yeah but uh you know there's other times when you hear the frustration obviously they um filed tampering charges they weren't happy with uh the way those things went with the lakers so um there was a lot of frustration um with the team even kevin pritchard was publicly stating you know in his words what a gut punch it was and um and so we'll never know specifically what other offers were out there but uh, it definitely, you know, forced this rebuild on the Pacers, and oh, it was a rough June. Would you have taken the Kevin Love trade if you were Kevin Pritchard? Personally, I wasn't a big fan of that of that deal. Um, in hindsight, possibly, <laughs> you know, um, I, I just feel like Kevin Love hasn't been healthy enough, or you know, when he was in Minnesota, it didn't seem he like he was as inspired to play as hard as he was, as he has been, you know, with the Cavs when they're in the playoff runs. Um, and I just, I just kind of felt like it wouldn't be a good fit here. Um, you know, and it would, it wouldn't last, but you know, in the end that would have been a good asset for the Pacers to have if it didn't work out. Um, and surely they could have flipped him again for, you know, Victor Oladipo and Sabonis at least, 
or, or more possibly, right? So, um, you know, in the end, in hindsight, yeah, that, that probably would have been a good deal to, to uh, gamble on for sure. So moving forward, you know, now that Paulie's gone, now that Jeff Teague's gone, um, this is really, you know, like you said, he was the hope. This is a chance for Miles Turner to show how effective and how good he is, and I think he might be one of the three best young centers in the league. I'm so excited for his future. So what are your expectations from Miles Turner this year, really getting his chance to really be the guy for the Pacers as they're putting this rebuild together? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about Turner is not only is he, is he talented, but he is just a great face of the franchise. Um, you know, he's remarkable with the media. He's even way better with the fans. Um, and obviously he can play. And his game last year, he, he you know, started out well, kind of hit a wall. Uh, and he's definitely going to have to be more consistent, more productive. Uh, he is a great shot blocker, but not necessarily a great defender or has not been. Uh, that's an area where he's going to have to improve, I think, um, because he's he's not going to be, you know, a big, big-time score rebounder either. Um, he's going to have to be the threat in there. Obviously, his scoring averages are going to have to go up for, for this team, and I'm sure they will. Um, but, you know, he's got an all-around game. He, he can step out and hit the three. He can play inside. He can pass. He's willing to do dirty work as well. Um, and, you know, he always has that strong energy. So, you know, they're going to be running a lot of stuff through him, uh, but he's going to need some help still. And, you know, he's still in his early 20s. Um, so he's he's got some growing to do. I know last year, I think um, at, at 21, I, I was saying he, if, if he averaged, or he was 20, um, you know, turned 21. Uh, but if his averages were like 15 and 7, there would have only been, uh, you know, nine guys in the league at that age who had, had similar numbers like that. And the names were, you know, um, pretty staggering. <laughs> so he didn't quite make that mark either. So, you know, there's room to grow. Uh, but uh, again, he, he's a young guy that, that, they're building around right now and with some other young guys. So uh, the, the good thing is, though, with his personality and now, you know, in his third year, he is kind of more of a natural voice leader type of a guy, um, which, you know, Paul George never really was, even when he was older. Uh, so that that's the other part of the hope with him is that not only does his game and everything develop, but um, that his leadership helps bring other guys along with them. So, let's talk about something real quick that's really important to the future of the Pacers. And um, that is that with the new Nike uniforms, the Pacers have a very interesting new design. I dig it. I love it, man. Um, I like the design with the, like, the, you know, looking like the center court. What do you think of the new Pacers unit yeah, this year? I like it too, you know. I mean, I think everyone was pretty sick of the old uniforms and why they had them for so long I don't know I mean they were pretty basic you know uh, and so you know it definitely was uh, a lot different I'm looking forward to seeing them in person because uh, even though we <laughs> you know we have all the high def visuals and everything it, it's still hard to 
tell the color, like on the gold. Um, it seems a little lighter than than uh, the usual Pacers gold. Uh, but I, I like to say it, it's it's different. I like the change, and uh, it's not like you know in a couple of years they can't change it if uh, they become stale. But uh, I do like the big difference. And again, that's another thing that I didn't mention, but uh, at the beginning. But you know, it is the perfect time for a drastic uniform change because of so many other drastic changes around the organization. Yeah, absolutely. So, since Alex isn't here, normally Alex's question this and these uh, team previews are, um, I'm sure if you remember from talking with us last year when we were in the corner three that we're Bulls fans, unfortunately. You talk about how bad the Pacers are. We've got you beat and terrible. Um, we're actually going to be doing a Bulls episode soon, too. That's going to be fun. Um, so, we've called ourselves free agent fans. So, Alex calls us <laughs> the fan wagon. He has everyone sell us on why we should be the fan of their team. So, Tom, from MindyCornrose.com, our favorite Pacers fan, tell us, why should we at 48 Minutes become Pacer fans this year? Well, we've already talked about Miles Turner and all he <laughs> can bring to the table, all right? So, mm-hmm. let, let's just keep that there. You know he's there. You're going to want to watch him. He's going to get jacked up every time he swats a ball or dunks. Uh, but... Let's not forget Lance Stevenson. That's right. The guy is automatic electricity. Whether he's doing something crazy, whether he's doing something flashy, whether he's doing something stupid, it's completely entertaining and has the the gym buzzing at all times. And you never know which of those three things he might be doing and how often he may do any of those three things in any one game. Um, so... He is the X factor with the Pacers uh, on several levels. Uh, where he's going to play, uh, you know, starting off the bench, what position, who he's going to play with, and how he's going to impact the game. Uh, always, you, you just can't keep your eye off him when he's on the court. Um, so, Lance Miles, that's a great one-two punch. And then um, we also got some high flyers on the wings. We know Victor Oladipo. Uh, can get up and finish on the run. We got the slam dunk champion and Glenn Robinson the third, uh, a guy who everyone is hoping kind of assumes that role as the uh, as the wing on the three uh, at the small forward eventually because uh, he puts in a lot of hard work. Everyone can see his game developing and it'd be li- nice to see him take that uh, extra step. So you know, there's some fun talent to watch here. And we'll see if they can come together and, you know, actually win some games. Absolutely. Well, Tom, thank you again for taking some time to talk with me and getting us ready for the Pacers this year. Um, I got to hit you up when I'm in Indy. I know I told you I would last year. I went to two games last year. I didn't make a chance to contact you. Um, But with that being said, yeah, so the floor is yours. Where can the Internet find you and follow all your great Pacer reads? Obviously, we know IndyCornrose.com is the place to get all your Pacers coverage, right? Absolutely, uh, IndyCornrows.com, and we're starting to gin things up for the season. I know uh, uh, we got a shortened preseason, but uh, uh, camp kicks off in late September, and uh, we'll be having previews, and, and, you know, the season never stops. I mean, there's That's right. been stuff going on in August this year, so uh, always check in and, and see what's going on. We had stuff today um, with the tampering fines, and, you know, hey, Victor Oladipo, 
put out a, a single. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's always something going off the Pacers. Check it out. We'll have it covered for you. Awesome. Well, this has been 48 Minutes Indiana Pacers Season Preview. As always, be sure to check us on iTunes, Suture, Google Play, at tw- on Twitter, at 48 Minutes Network, without the vowels, and on Instagram, at 48 Minutes Network, all one word. We are everywhere on the internet. Check us out on Facebook. Everyone have a good night, and good luck this year for all your teams.